I love stories. In fact, I've actually started multiple messages with that same sentence, that I love stories. I just love them so much. Uh, it's important to me not just that we're telling a story, but that that story is a good story. You know, that it's compelling, that it's got a good premise, but also in the way that it's told, right? You've never, nothing's worse than a story that has a good premise, but the acting is bad, or the way that the author wrote it together just doesn't work, or it's confusing. Like, that is a wasted story. What really frustrates me is when you have a great story, but then you miss on the ending, or you just go for the cheap laugh or the obvious move. I, I just, man, stories matter, and there's such opportunity with stories. I love a good story. Well, when it comes to my story, I love to tell it, but I want to make sure it's told right. I want to make sure it's captivating and gets the, all the complexities that are Dan, and the way that it's told just really matters. Well, today we're continuing in a series called More Jesus, Less Blank, where we're talking about this continuum of discovering a transformational relationship with God. And as we walk along this path of discovering a relationship, you can see it here on the screen, this continuum. Today, we're talking about this in Christ moment. If you've joined us for the rest of the series, you've heard us talk about this continuum before and the other continuums we have as a church. You've heard not interested, and you've heard about curious, and you've heard a little bit about in Christ. But today, we get to ask the question, what is that in Christ moment, and why does it matter? Well, we're, we're using this title, More Jesus, Less Doctrinaire. And maybe you've never heard the word doctrinaire before, but if you look it up, you'll get a little taste of why. Doctrinaire is applying doctrine rigidly without any view to pragmatism, to the way it actually plays out. And today we're going to ask the question of like, is the in Christ moment a doctrinaire moment? Or is it something a little mysterious, and maybe a little more important to nail down just like that? Now, you might be like, Dan, what are you talking about? Well, let me explain with my story. What does it mean to move from curious to in Christ? How do we embrace that mystery? Well, let me tell you with Dan. Now, Dan was born uh, the only child of two believing parents. I was kind of a miracle child. I was born two months early. I was three pounds, four ounces, born on Easter Sunday. And so many would say, born on Easter Sunday, there's your in Christ moment right there. But no, I didn't leave the hospital for about two months. When I did, I was quickly dedicated, and we have a picture of that. I know, cute little Dan and his family. I grew up in this context where I was dedicated quickly, which means I grew up in a family that put the gospel at a high level, that put Jesus at a high level. Uh, in fact, Jesus was one of the central parts of my early life. I vaguely remember praying a prayer to ask Jesus to save me from my sins when I was like four years old. I fact-checked this with my parents. I was like, did that really happen? And my dad was like, I don't remember it. And my mom was like, yes, it was in the living room, I remember. And so, is that my in Christ moment, that prayer at four years old? I honestly have no idea what I said. I remember the moment, but I don't know the words. Couldn't tell you if you asked me. Well, maybe it was that moment, but maybe it was my dedication. Or maybe it's what came after that. Sometime between that picture, uh, and there's four-year-old Dan up there, between that and the next major step, I took communion. I don't know when that was. I can't tell you my first communion. But I know it happened before I was 18, because when I was somewhere between my 17 and 18th year, uh, I had this moment. I was laying in bed, and I was like, huh, if Jesus is who he says he is, that changes everything. And I was like, huh. 
why am I getting that at 18 when I've had this you know, life where Jesus has been the central part of it? I want everybody to get that. And so that moment, maybe that was an in Christ moment or my in Christ moment. But that moment led to me choosing to get baptized. Uh, and so I got baptized. There's some pictures here of me with my youth pastor, Dave, and senior pastor, Barry. Uh, and I got to share my testimony, my story. Maybe that was my in Christ moment. Uh, or maybe it's what that moment led to, because I was baptized and I was like, huh, if Jesus is who he says he is, that matters. And maybe God wants me to share that message and get other people to, to get it before I did, earlier than I did. And so from there, I got to preach on Sunday. I told that youth pastor this message. Uh, and I got to preach on Sunday and I switched from, you know, my clearly going to MIT. I was never going to do that. Uh, my, my computer science degree to going to a school for youth ministry, biblical studies, and philosophy. So maybe it was that moment, or maybe it was seminary right after that, or maybe the real moment is when I moved to Minnesota to be a pastor for the first time, or maybe it was when I came to ECC. That's the in Christ moment, right guys? Yeah. Well, one of the things I love about this church is that you guys joining online and you guys here bring a whole host of perspectives about this topic. When I told you my story, even in its condensed form here, you probably had one of those moments that for you feels like the real in Christ moment. You know, depending what background you grew up, maybe it's baptism, maybe it's first communion, maybe it's that public declaration of faith or that prayer to accept Jesus as your savior. Maybe it's something that looks like confirmation, maybe it's the call to ministry. For each of us, we bring a different lean to that question of when is in Christ? And I love that you guys all bring that perspective. And so maybe you're saying, Dan, what is it? You're the one that has this story. Where's your in Christ moment? Well, was it that first prayer that I prayed? Yeah. But was it also that moment on my bed where I had a realization about who Jesus was? Yeah. Was it my baptism where I got to share my story and then got to do this thing that Jesus told me to do? Yeah. I think the answer to that question is yes and, at least for me. I know I took a step in my journey with Christ in each of those moments. I had a lot of in Christ moments. Well, you're asking, Dan, that doesn't answer my question. Where's the in Christ moment? The cool part about a story is it's not just about the beginning. And it's not just about the ending. It is about the destination and the journey, right? And we serve a God that sees the beginning, the end, and the journey itself. See, what matters, what matters is where our story intersects with Jesus' story. The places where my story and Jesus' story cross, where they intersect, those are those in Christ moments in my life. And they're what make my story matter. So the question for you and the question for us is, do you know where those moments are? Do you know what your in Christ moments, where your story crosses with the story of Jesus? Do you have those milestones? While the moment that someone goes from curious on our continuum to in Christ, I think that's between them and the Lord. I'm not going to tell you when your in Christ moment is. But we know that when it happens, that something changes. That there's something special about going from curious to in Christ. Well, I can't point to the moment that I know that that happened for me, although I have a lot of potentials and I had a lot of steps. I know that there's a reality that's true for me that's true for you as well. 
If you go to BibleGateway.com and type in the phrase in Christ, or if you just Google in Christ scripture, you can find a lot of examples, and here are some of them. In Christ, we are justified. In Christ, we are given grace and redemption. We are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. We have no condemnation in Christ. We are one body. We are called. We have an abundance of faith and trust in Christ. We will rise in Christ. We have strength in Christ. We have peace in Christ. We are brought near to God and one another in Christ. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are sons and daughters of the Father in Christ. We are new creations. The old is gone and the new has come in Christ. And that is just a snowflake on the tip of the iceberg of what it means to be in Christ. That is not counting all this, so the spots where you type in in him or through God or by God's grace, any other combination. You could fill books on what it means to be in Christ. When we move from curious to in Christ, our story changes. My story's worth telling because my story and Jesus' story intersect. Because my story tells his story. And his story, at least part of it, becomes mine. Being in Christ, well, I can't tell you the exact moment it happened for me or the exact moment it happens for some of you. It's a moment that matters. Well, Maybe you're on board so far, right? You're, you're nodding along. You're like, Dan, yes, in Christ is a moment that matters, and like, that's all well and good. But if being in Christ is so important, if it's such a big moment, then how do we get there? If you, Dan, Pastor Dan, don't know your moment, how am I supposed to know if I'm in or if I'm out? Well, is it those moments I listed? Is it all of them? Is it some of them? Rather than tell you what I think, let's see what Jesus tells us to do. What does Jesus invite us into? Well, since this is an intersection of God's story and our story, it makes sense that it's not just us who does something, but it's God who does something. If you open your Bible with me to the book of John chapter 3, you'll see some of this for yourself. In John chapter 3, there's a conversation that happens between Nicodemus and Jesus. And in that conversation, it reads this. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, or enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? John chapter 3 is one of the clearest passages on salvation that we have in Scripture. And it's one of the deepest passages about it as well. On the surface, we have this simple message that could be taught to a child, but beneath it, there's so much more to discover. Jesus here in John 3 challenges Nicodemus to go from this curious belief in the power that he sees Jesus doing in these signs and wonders to letting that power change him. 
If Nicodemus wanted to see more, if he wanted to enter into the kingdom of God, he needed to let God do something in him. He needed to be changed. Now, if you want to spend some time going through the complexities of this, I'm happy to grab coffee with you. Send me an email, find me at church. Let's make it happen. Because there is a lot here. Right? We use John 3.16 all the time to tell children, like, it's very clear, and we'll read it in just a second, that God sent his son so that we could be saved. It's, it's there. And there is so much depth here that we could spend a whole sermon series just on John chapter 3 and not get to the bottom of it. There is beauty in this passage and depth to discover, just like this continuum that we're on of discovering God. The same Jesus that said the whole law and the prophets is summed up with love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart. Then expounded on that in a whole sermon on the mount. There are pages and pages and pages in this book describing what that looks like and leading us to a deeper place. And so while there's a simple message here that we need to explore, there is so much more depth in John chapter 3 and in discovering what in Christ means as well. I mean, Nicodemus himself responds right after Jesus says this with, how can these things be? That is what it means to be curious, is to continue to be met with those moments of following Christ and then to press into them. Well, while there's a lot more we could say about John chapter 3, I think for this moment, for this conversation, the thing that stands out is this that when it comes to being born again or born from above, when it comes to what Nicodemus and Jesus are talking about, it's something that happens because God does it. In Christ happens because God acts, because God does something. Jesus describes something that happens to us, something that can be described as an event to be born again. But any of you that have taken part in the birthing of a child know that this event is not momentary. Right? It is something that takes time and effort. And yeah, there's a moment that the baby is born, but there's a whole process leading up to it as well. What a beautiful analogy that Jesus gives us of being born again. And so regardless of the time frame of growing and changing and becoming what Jesus is describing here, there is a moment that we are born again, and it is God who accomplishes it. I know that I was born as that little three pound, four ounce baby, but I don't remember choosing it. I don't remember being an agent. I couldn't even leave the hospital for two months because my lungs weren't ready. Someone else had to act on my behalf. And that's what we see God doing here in John chapter three. And if we continue, we see the words that we've just talked about. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Those words really speak for themselves. And it's that same Jesus who says, you must be born again, who also calls us to act, to respond to this message. We are to respond with belief and more. If you look in the book of Mark at the first words of Jesus, the first time he speaks, it's here in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. He says this, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
I think that while God acts in our moment, in our in Christ's journey, I think he also calls us to act and to respond to that message and to that divine agency. I see three ways that God calls us to do this. The first is here in Mark 1, right? To repent and believe. Repentance, this act of acknowledging what we've done and reacting or turning against it and trusting and believing in Jesus above all else, that's an in Christ moment. Repentance and belief is an in Christ moment. That can be the moment that you go from death to life and get all the things that we've described here in John 3 and elsewhere where it talks about being in Christ. And yet the very next words in, in Mark, in Mark chapter 1, after Jesus says to repent and believe, he says something else. Do you know what they are? He says, follow me. Follow me is an in Christ moment too. Just like repentance and belief, choosing to model, to follow, to obey the words and the person of Jesus, that is an in Christ moment. And I don't mean that we just obey the moral teachings of Jesus. We don't just respond by trying to make our life look good. It's believing he is who he says he is and responding to that, that what he says is true and it's worth following and trusting in that person and his work, his death and resurrection as forgiveness for our sins. That's an in Christ moment. Well, the other thing that Jesus tells his disciples to do that can be an in Christ moment is in Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus bringing together the 12. It says, he called together the 12 and he began to send them out two by two. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits. And so they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. You know, one response when I was talking to people about this and doing research on this subject to when is that in Christ moment, people said, well, it's the moment that someone receives the Holy Spirit. And I think there's some truth to that, right? You can't deny that when someone receives the Holy Spirit, that is, that is an in Christ moment, right? Uh, but I know, too, that that's not always obvious for everyone. Some people have a moment like we see in the book of Acts that's very clear and very obvious that God's working. And some of us can't point to that moment. Does that mean we're not in Christ and the Holy Spirit's not at work? I don't think so. And yet if we look at what happens here in Mark chapter 6, we see the apostles, the disciples doing something. They go out and they preach the kingdom with authority. Spreading the kingdom with authority is an in Christ moment. It is a moment where the Holy Spirit is at work. And we know that for those of us who don't seem to have that same Holy Spirit moment as others, well, we're in good company because even these disciples didn't fully get it as they're doing this. Their faith wasn't fully realized. They didn't really understand who Jesus was. Was this their in Christ moment? Well, that's an interesting question because we know at least one of them who was with them during all of this goes on to betray Jesus with a kiss. That's certainly not an in Christ moment. What we do know, however, is that when our story and Jesus' story collide and faith is a result, that God does something. What does faith in Christ look like? What does that in Christ moment look like? When does one pass from curious to in Christ? Well, I think we need to be less doctrinaire in answering that question. But maybe, just maybe it looks like this. Maybe it looks like the faith of the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, 
who comes to Jesus and says, will you hear my servant? No, you don't have to come. I believe you just need to say the word and he will be healed. Maybe it's trusting Jesus to do what only Jesus can do. Or maybe, maybe it's having faith like the tax collector, who when Jesus comes and looks at him and says, come, follow me, he gets up despite being someone that everyone knew was a sinner, despite being someone who wasn't ready to follow Jesus, whose life wasn't set up for it, but who responded in faith. Maybe it's being willing to have that curiosity move you to something real. Or maybe, just maybe, it's having the faith of the thief on the cross who defended Jesus against a false accusation and who said, I want to be a part of your kingdom. Maybe for us, it's responding like that. It's proclaiming the truth of who Jesus is and saying, Jesus, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Each of these people met Jesus in a different moment. Each had the faith to believe and to act. They weren't just curious about who Jesus was. They wanted more. They responded to it. They encountered Jesus in a moment where when their stories crossed, God could change them. So I can't tell you what your story is. I can't even tell you how my story ends, but I can tell you how Jesus' story ends. And because his story has intersected with mine, I know the part of my ending that matters. I want us all to consider that intersection of where our story and Jesus' story cross, because that's what makes our stories matter. And that's a story worth sharing, amen? I don't ask for amens a lot, amen? Man, come on. So consider that intersection. Where does your story and Jesus' story cross? What are your in Christ stories? And I say in Christ stories because we all have in Christ moments. For some of us, we can get caught up in the in Christ moment, looking for that one time that we passed from death to life. And while that moment matters, it can cause us to forget all the beautiful in Christ moments, the stories that we have and the stories that are represented in this room. You know, in John, later on in chapter 15, Jesus says, remain in me, abide in me. In fact, in that chapter, he says it 12 times. And so for those of you who have an in Christ moment, this message is still for you because you're on the continuum pressing further and further into in Christ. Just like John chapter three, you can go back there and get that same message of believe in God's only son and receive forgiveness. And yet there's so much more depth that you could stay there and continue to discover more and more. And that is a part of your story, your in Christ moment. We all have a part of that story to share. When we remain in Christ, we press deeper and deeper into this reality, into this beautiful tapestry that God is weaving of our stories. We get to be a part of something bigger and better than our own, the real story worth telling. And that's something worth telling and it's worth celebrating. You know, this week we get to celebrate a story like that. Uh, one, one of our own went through confirmation this week where she got up and shared her story and it's an in Christ story, if I've ever heard one. Now, you're going to get to hear Carly's story today. 
And you're going to ask the question, what was her in Christ moment? Was it when she prayed her prayer for the first time? Was it that confirmation Sunday? Was that really what pushed it over the edge? Well, I want to encourage you to listen for those in Christ moments in her story. But more than that, I want you to ask, where are yours? I hope that her example gets you to ask, am I in Christ? And what are my in Christ moments? Let's come together and celebrate the fact that her story is a story that in Christ is evident. My prayer is that in Christ would be evident in your story and in my story and in all of our stories. And if you haven't had that moment, if you don't know what that means, please don't wait. Shoot us an email. Take this moment now and accept that Jesus is who he says he is and turn and follow him. And so... My prayer is that we would all pass from death to life and choose Jesus and that that would be our story, that we would all be in Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear that prayer and may we learn from the story of Carly.